what makes America the greatest country in the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen. Stood up for what was right. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time we started talking. Dream isn't something we talk about. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. Let's pray for freedom and justice. Only be a war if soldiers are willing to fight. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Some veterans not getting the time they care that they need. The good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks on look power. Status. Let's discuss. Hey guys. Uh, so, um, Welcome to Vet to Vet podcast, new episode. Uh, if it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. And today we are talking about uh, peripheral nerves of the low back and legs and uh, Maybe you have a, you know, sciatic nerve issues, so we're going to cover it today as well. So, um, and before we start, um, you want to share one, uh, something that's been on the news recently. So, VA creates an Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection. On April 27, 2017, uh, new president, President Trump, signed an executive order to improve accountability at the VA and protect whistleblowers. And this order gives uh, the VA 45 days to create an Office of Accountability and Whistleblowers Protection. So a special assistant will be the executive director of the new office and will report directly to the VA secretary. So what does it mean? And the duties of the office of, of this office include helping the secretary use all available resources to either discipline or fire employers who fail to adequately care for the needs of, uh, of the veterans. So handling veterans' complaints or wrongdoing quickly and efficiently will be a primary goal of this office. So it's one of uh, resources to complain, but if you don't have a reason to complain, don't, don't go there. Yeah, don't pick on those guys if they're... Yeah, because they're doing an amazing job and, like, I think uh, VA is a great organization. And, of course, as any big organization has its own issues. Yeah. So, so today's topic? Uh, the peripheral nerves of the lower back and legs. It is uh, one of the most common claims made by veterans by uh, for service-connected disability. Uh, that's because the back injury is so common during your military service for vast majority of people. Peripheral nerves are the nerves that travel from the spinal cord to the rest of the body. The peripheral nerves that are in the lower back travel into the legs and feet. The VA disability claims involving the nerves in the lower back and the legs can be complex due to the fact that their larger nerves split off into smaller nerves and, they, and they're going down the leg. Yep. So... Um, that covers our topic today, so now we're going to go into details. Yeah. Uh, the nervous system is divided over multiple pages. Uh, the peripheral nerves of the upper back and arms, the peripheral nerves of the lower back and legs, the cranial nerves, and traumatic brain injury. The nervous system connects the brain to the rest of the body. 
impulses travel up to the nerves and spinal cord to the brain and the brain then turns these impulses into ideas like pain, heat, things like that. Similarly, um, the brain can send signals through the nerves to various parts of the body telling it to raise the arm, point the toes, open and close the lungs to breathe and all that good stuff. The nervous system is divided into two parts, the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. The central nervous system consists of the brain, the spinal cord, and the cranial nerves. The peripheral nervous system is made up of all the nerves that travel from the spinal cord to the rest of the body. The, major, uh, the majority of these uh, nerve system conditions are related on the, symptoms they, on the symptoms they create. These symptoms could include mental illness, hallucinations, and the like, trouble speaking, hearing, seeing, the inability to properly move the body, tremors, and more. For the VA, every symptom will be rateable, but for the DOD, since they only rate conditions that make a service member unfit for duty, they will only rate these symptoms that are also uh, that also make them unfit. Not every symptom a nerve condition causes will always be rateable for the DOD disability. If each symptom is not uh, unfitting by itself, but the overall condition is, then only the worst symptom can be rated. So some of those symptoms, while you're still in the, in the service, uh, you might have uh, difficulties to argue. So even though it's always better to claim, um, you know, checking uh, VA, CFR, and VA regulations, you might be better off when you uh, get out and claiming all those things in the first year of uh, discharge. Um, so the nerve rating system. This uh, rating system is used for rating both the cranial nerves and the peripheral nerves, the nerves of the upper back and lower back. There are a few basic rules principles to follow when rating the cranial or peripheral nerves. First, all nerve conditions are rated based on the loss of function of the affected body part. There are three different categories. A nerve condition can be rated under paralysis, neuritis, and neuralgia, something close to that. The condition must satisfy certain terms to be rated under one of these categories. These terms dis are discussed below. Once it's determined which of the three categories the nerve condition falls under, it can be rated either under the category or under limited motion, whichever gives the higher rating. It is important to note that if the nerve condition is causing the limited motion, then only one rating can be given either under a nerve code or under limited motion. If, however, the limited motion is not caused by the nerve condition, then it can be rated as an additional condition. Uh, second, when deciding which of the three categories the condition fits in, it is important to keep in mind that the actual loss of function of the body part is the main defining criteria. In other words, if the nerve leading to a muscle in the shoulder is completely paralyzed, it is not necessarily rated as a completely, completely paralyzed. If the shoulder can no longer move the arm or function at all, then it can be rated as completely paralyzed. In most cases, however, the muscles in the shoulder and arm that are not affected by the paralyzed nerve will often compensate for the loss of function and moving the arm will still be possible. This is especially in the case since uh, the nerves rarely work alone, meaning that more than one nerve often works a single muscle. Because of this, some movements are controlled by numerous uh, 
nerves and may still be able to take place if one, one is damaged. In a case like this, the nerve cannot be rated as completely paralyzed. We'll work an example in a bit to help try to clarify that a little bit. Uh, third, each nerve is paired, meaning that there are two of every nerve, one for each side of the body. The sciatic nerve e exits the lumbar spine on both sides and travels down each leg. The bilateral factor discussed in detail on the VA math page is an extra percentage given to ratings if both sides of the body are affected. For example, if the back problem that causes problems with both of the sciatic nerves, then the additional bilateral factor will be added since both legs are affected. Same thing for hands, elbows, arms, knees, hips, things like that. If both sides are affected, both are each rated separately than given the additional bilateral factor. Four, uh, fourth, each nerve has three different possible codes under which it could be rated. Paralysis of the nerve, the nerve itself, not the affected body part, cannot function at all. This can be complete paralysis or poor partial paralysis. Neuritis of the nerve, the nerve is still functions but is swollen, irritated, and very painful. All cases of this will have at least one of the following. A decreased ability to sense, mus muscle atrophy, or loss of reflexes. Neuralgia of the nerve. Neuralgia? Yeah. The nerve causes occasional or constant pain. There can also be tingling, numbness, etc. For a condition to qualify for the next highest category, it must satisfy all of the criteria. For example, a condition with severe pain but no other symptoms would still have to be considered neuralgia since the other symptoms like muscle atrophy that are required to call condition neuritis isn't present. Fifth, each of these codes is rated based on a degree of uh, severity. So paralysis, if it's complete, this is defined for each of the nerve, for each nerve a little differently, but basically it means that the nerve is completely paralyzed and the body part cannot function at all, as if it's been, as if that part has been amputated, basically. Incomplete, uh, Severe if the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there are symptoms like poor blood circulation and muscle atrophy that seriously uh, limits the body part ability to function, then it is rated as severe. The condition must be very severe to be rated here. Incomplete moderate if the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there is tingling, numbness, moderate pain, or other symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with that ability of the body part to full function, it is rated as moderate. And incomplete mild, if the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there is only tingling or mild pain in the affected body part, it is rated as mild. There could also be slight to very, very mild limitations in the movement of the body part, but these limitations would not really affect the overall functioning. Neuritis, Severe if there are all three of the main symptoms, loss of reflexes, muscle atrophy, and loss of sensation, and they are seriously limiting the body part's ability to function, then it is rated as severe. The condition must be very severe to be rated here. Moderate, 
if there are one or more of the main symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to fully function, it is rated as moderate. Mild, if there are one or more of the main symptoms, but they are mild and do not interfere significantly with the ability of the body part to function, it is rated as mild. And neuralgia, moderate if there is tingling, numbness, moderate to severe pain, or other symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the use of the body part to function fully, it is rated as moderate. Mild, if there is only tingling or mild pain in the affected body part, it is rated as mild. There could also be slight or very mild limitations in the movement of the body part, but these limitations would not really affect the overall functioning. That's basically the entire nervous rating system. Each nerve has its own percentage for the various degrees of severity. They'll be addressed in the discussion of each, uh, for each uh, cranial and peripheral nerve. So let's take an example so it would be a little bit more clear. So a service member has damage to the sciatic nerve in his right leg. The leg can move forward from the hip but only to 20%. There is a constant uh, mild pain and tingling down his leg and into his foot. Tests show that the sciatic nerve is completely paralyzed and unable to function at all. And as a disclaimer, it's rare for a nerve to be completely paralyzed with such mild symptoms, but let's go with it for the sake of demonstrating the principles involved. So, how is uh, his condition rated? Uh, first, we need to determine in which of uh, the three categories of the condition fits. Paralysis, neuritis, and neuralgia. The tests say that the nerve is paralyzed, so that's one's easy. Next, we need to determine the severity of the paralysis. We know that it cannot be rated as completely paralyzed, even though the nerve is completely paralyzed, since the leg can still move. So the nerve inside the leg is paralyzed, but the leg moves. This means that the other nerves that affect the same muscles as the sciatic nerves are compensating for the damage. Um, the definition of the severe for paralysis requires severe, severe symptoms like muscle atrophy, which are clearly not seen in this case. Similarly, the definition of mild paralysis is too mild for this case, since the range of motion is fairly limited. So the best category for, the, for uh, our condition would be moderate paralysis. The nerve is not completely paralyzed, and there is tingling, numbness, moderate pain, or other symptoms that definition is significantly definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to fully function. So, now that we have determined the severity of paralysis, we can find the proper rating under the sciatic nerve section. So, the code for this section is 8520, and the rating under moderate paralysis is 20%. So, alright, uh, we know that nerve rating for this condition is under code 8520, is 20%. Now we need to determine what his condition would rate for limited motion of the hip. Uh, underneath each of the ratings for the individual nerves is a section that guy that gives the codes for the of the various limited motions for that nerve. So we know that the hip cannot bend forward flexion more than twenty percent. So the nerve fifty two fifty two would be the correct code. Under that code, if the hip cannot move for the leg forward more than thirty percent twenty percent it's rated to 30%.
So since 30% under limited motion is more than 20%, given under the nerve code, this condition would be rated on limited motion. And the final code would look like uh, 85-20-55-52-52. The first uh, four-digit code defines the condition as a paralyzed sciatic nerve, and the second four-digit code tells us that the a condition was rated under limited motion of the hip. And that's it. Just remember to figure out which nerve category and severity the condition best fits, and then find the rating for limited motion. Choose the highest rating. This is a, a little bit, a maybe a little bit a complicated an example, but it shows you, you know, how uh, specific you have to be in order to uh, rate this or that condition uh, that you have. Because let's say you can still walk, so your leg functions, but you have some uh, um, uncomfortable feeling inside and you don't know if it's sciatic nerve. Sometimes it shoots down the knee, sometimes it shoots down to your uh, feet. But uh, you still can, you can still function, and you're still okay. I'm still fine. I'm still walking. But unless you get into uh, the condition and into examination, and especially with the new uh, VA requirements that you need to get MRI or, or specific scans, you would never know what's going on. Like, and if you never tell anybody, if you don't claim it, so yeah. you just got to leave it. No, that's a good example. Mm -hmm. So, moving forward. <clears throat> the peripheral nerves of the lower back and legs. Peripheral nerves travel from the spinal cord to the rest of the body. Nerves from the upper back and neck travel to the shoulders and arms. The nerves in the lower back travel to the legs and feet. So here's a list of the nerves in the lower back that can be rated. The sciatic nerve, the tibial nerve, the posterior tibial nerve, the common uh, preo Prional nerve, prional nerve, the deep prional nerve, the superficial prional nerve, the elongational nerve, the opter. <laughs> yeah, these are a little hard. Uh, so. Here is a list of the nerves in the low back that can be rated. Uh, sciatic nerve, tibial nerve, the posterior tibial nerve, the common uh, peroneal nerve, the deep peroneal nerve, the superficial peroneal nerve, the elongineal nerve, the obturator nerve, uh, the femoral nerve, the internal cephenous nerve, the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. That's maybe, pretty good. Yeah, I may... Um, Misspell it. That's not bad. So, the nerve in the low back and legs can be a bit complicated. This is because the larger nerves speed into smaller nerves as they travel down the leg. And the sciatic nerve, the largest and longest nerve in the body, um, alone splits into five nerves that have their own codes and ratings. If the sciatic nerve is damaged in a location before it splits, then all of the nerves, is, nerves it divides into will not properly function. In this case, only one rating can be given under the sciatic nerve code. None of the other nerves that split from the sciatic nerve can be um, rated as well. If, however, the nerve is damaged below a split, then only the damaged branch of the nerve can be rated. And here you go. So, it is, um, so the sciatic nerve divides just above the knee into tibial nerve and the common peroneal nerve. The tibial nerve turns into a posterior tibial nerve, which circles around the back of the ankle. 
and enters the inner foot through the tarsal tunnel. The common peroneal nerve splits just below the knee into the deep peroneal nerve and the superficial peroneal nerve. Uh, the lateral femoral uh, cutaneous nerve technically splits, but the branches do not have their own separate codes. So why so many definitions, so many examples? Because you got to rate your condition under specific codes to get a specific rating. And uh, talking about uh, sciatic nerve, um, it um, begins in the lower back and runs through the buttocks down each leg. So you have a funny feeling uh, that going from your lower back or from your buttocks uh, down the knees and to the uh, travels down to your feet. That might be uh, a condition to be raised on the sciatic nerve. And uh, this condition is rated under one of the following codes with the corresponding uh, ratings. Uh, code 8520, paralysis of the sciatic nerve. For complete paralysis, if the foot drops, it cannot be lifted by the muscles in the leg. All the muscles in the leg below the knee do not work at all, and the knee has serious trouble bending. Bending the knee doesn't have to be impossible to rate as complete paralysis of the sciatic nerve. It just has to be limited, and it will be rated at 80% for incomplete and severe. Paralysis is rated at 60% for incomplete and moderately severe. Paralysis is rated at 40% for incomplete and moderate. 20% for incomplete and mild. And 10% for something that's just mild. But as Joel just says, tennis how old is good. Yeah. Neuritis of the sciatic nerve, if the condition causes severe symptoms, it is rated at 60%. If they're moderately severe, it is rated at 40. And if it's just moderate, the symptoms are rated at 20. And mild symptoms are rated at 10. Neuralgia of the sciatic psych. Neuralgia of the psych... Starts once again. What is it? Sciatic. Sciatic. Oh, that just lost me right now. Neuralgia of the sciatic nerve. She starts from this one. Code 87. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Bump, bump. Code 8720. Neuralgia of the sciatic nerve cannot be rated higher than moderate even if it's considered severe. If the condition is moderate, it is rated at 20. And if it's mild, it's rated at 10. So make sure to check to see if a higher rating can be given under limited motion of the hip, code 5251 and 5253, limited motion of the knee under code 5260, or limited motion of the ankle code 5271. If the condition is best rated as limited limitation of motion, then the final code will look something like this, 8620-5251. The first four digit number is which whatever of the three nerve codes the condition best fits under. And the second is the limited motion code where it is rated. So for um, DBQs for peripheral nerve conditions, here's a list of the disability benefit questionnaires, the DBQs used for peripheral nerve conditions, the peripheral nerve DBQ, and diabetic proper. Uh, Peripheral neuropathy DBQ. Yeah, so those DBQs are used uh, similarly 
for other nerve conditions that we uh, and we just took an example of paralysis, but all other um, nerve conditions and all other uh, in the nerves that come out from the main branch are rated pretty much similarly. Yeah. Just got to pinpoint exactly uh, which one nerve which nerve is affected, but of course it's better to be done with a doctor, and most likely doctor will use EMG with a bunch of electrodes in you and see which one nerve, which nerve function, which one doesn't. But also, like, good to know uh, the principles that apply uh, in order for this condition to be rated. Yeah. So, pyramiding, a single condition can only be rated once. However, if a mental disorder or another condition coexists that is additional to the nervous condition, not simply caused by it, then it could also be rated. Uh, probative value, if two exams record the condition differently, the exam with the most thorough data and performed by the most qualified person in that specialty will be the exam the rating is based on. So don't let the VA confuse you that the Q QTC doctor is the most qualified when he talked to you for 15 minutes and you've been going to your doctor for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So don't get screwed with that. A tie goes to the vet. If there are two equally strong exams with conflicting information or if the condition can, can be equally rated under two different codes, then the one given the highest rating will be assigned. Every conflict should be resolved in the favor of the higher rating. So they're supposed to give you the, the tie goes the runner kind of deal. So be aware of that when you look at your decision letters. Um, Accurate measurements. It is essential and necessary information to rate your condition recorded by the physician in your exam. With the information on this page, you should know what needs to be measured and recorded. Make sure this happens correctly to ensure that you receive a proper rating. Hospital or convalescent ratings. Some conditions require periods of hospitalization or constant medical care, like at-home nursing. Any condition that requires this is rated at 100% during the intensive treatment. Once it ends, then the 100% rating will continue for a certain period. This period, usually about three months, unless uh, another length of like six months to a year, but like not very likely. It is directly specified in the condition ratings. Some patients may need more time to recover than others, so the physician or rating authorities can lengthen this time period if they see it fit. And so that's when it gets kind of hard to get it a little further than that. Yeah. So um, also we want to know that um, like VA is revising once again uh, regulation uh, that uh, that would uh, define as a like define a new condition or put uh, some disabilities onto different codes, and so. Um, and of course, like since we're talking about uh, nerves and neural systems, sciatic uh, issues, uh, VA revising those uh, um, disabilities of codes as well. So we want to touch uh, a little bit on the new changes that coming into effect on uh, August 1st, 2017. Uh, VA SRD. Uh, uh, proposed changes to the rating of the musculoskeletal system and they're going to be public in a matter of days. So the code 5001 uh, for tuberculosis of the musculoskeletal uh, system remains exactly the same. Uh, so uh, 
current code 5002 uh, for rheumatoid arthritis uh, also you know, stayed uh, the same. But there is no new proposed code 5002, uh, which comprises multi-joint systematic arthritis and uh, includes any arthritis diseases, including uh, different types of arthritis. And uh, that affects multiple joints in the body and could affect the other body system as well. And to be rated under this code, there must be a definitive diagnosis that arthritis must be active and at least two joints must be affected. And uh, this code does not uh, cover post-traumatic arthritis or gout. Um, also, the ratings themselves didn't change much. The VA wanted to expand the code to cover all systematic arthritis, not just rheumatoid arthritis. The only other significant change was um, to rate lesser conditions as degenerative arthritis instead of just a limited motion. So be aware of this one as well. Um, for other uh, changes, uh, like like mentioned degenerative arthritis, it just traded on limited motion of the joint, like as the VA yeah, is proposing. So don't be surprised if uh, you're still claiming arthritis under old codes, under old regulation, but the decision comes out with a new code. So uh, as always, um, do you have any information, resource to recommend or share? Yeah, if you guys get a chance, check out... Uh my friend's podcast, The Year of the Vet. He's a Marine that just got the DAV Veteran of the Year Award. And he interviews other veterans about what they're what they're doing and how they're trying to help society in their own way. And so check out Year of the Vet if you get a chance. And um, to end up the podcast, quote of words of wisdom of the day. It is fatal to enter a war without the will to win it. Yeah sent by Douglas Mark Arthur. And that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, over and out. Yeah, thank you.